Welcome back to Black Girl Me's Pop Culture. I'm your host, Zoe, and today we are officially on the new Teen Titans history and character analysis finale. Man, four weeks, four episodes. Or, excuse me, four weeks, eight episodes. Usually it's four weeks, four episodes, but I doubled it, and I'm pretty proud of myself. I like, I'd like to assume you guys are proud of myself, uh, proud of me as well. Um, so today... I mentioned last time we are finally talking about Beast Boy himself, whose name is actually Garfield Gar Logan. We'll, we'll get into that. But before we get into this episode, what I would like to say that you can follow me on Instagram at blackgirl underscore meets underscore pop culture for more information about this podcast. And of course, in the link in my bio, I have a little link tree to where you can see me and see where you can support me on, of course, Instagram. But also, good transition, you can support me on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts at the time of this recording, of course, because in the future, this will be on YouTube. But, whatever you're listening to this on, I highly suggest that you hit that notification bell. Add me, number one, then hit that notification bell that you get notifications every time I post. Of course, I said for this week and this, excuse me, this month and this month alone, I'll be posting twice a week. So, you never want to miss out on stuff like that. Sometimes I just do that spur of the moment. You never know. So you don't want to miss out on that. Finally, you can financially support this podcast. Link will be in the description below starting at just 99 cents. Okay. I get better and better at saying that each time. Honestly, I gotta give myself a little pat on the back. <laughs> All right. We are on slide 21. We have two more slides to go. Not including this one. So let's talk about Changeling slash Beast Boy. A.K.A. Garfield Gar Logan. But before we get into that, I have to talk about the name change. Okay, so yes, his name in this series, in the New Teen Titans, 1980, first volume, even the second volume, he is referred to as Changeling. Actually, when he first shows up, he's like, somebody calls him Beast Boy. I believe it's Donna. Somebody calls him Beast Boy. He's like, hey, I'm Changeling now. Why? I believe since the team was getting older, I mean, even though Gar was the youngest member on the team, I believe because the team was getting older, they want to get away from calling him boy, you know, because I, I, I would like to assume that they eventually would have him become an adult because, you know, um, a lot of these characters start off, let's say close to 18, maybe a little younger. I'd like to believe that Vic is 17 teetering on 18 at the time when he joins the team. So, of course, they're all coming, becoming adults, young adults. So, it's kind of just playing with the theme of straying away from being called Kid Flash, Wonder Girl. Because later, Donna would get, becomes, she's called Troya. And then she come, becomes just Donna Troya. But there's a conversation for another day. You know, Dick graduates from Robin to Nightwing. Even, even Wally, he graduates from Kid Flash to becoming the Flash. So there's a, a theme right here where all the older characters graduate from these old titles that they have and become a new person. Develop, they fully develop in who they are meant to be as an adult. So that's why I will be referring to him as both. If I say Changeling, I mean Beast Boy. And if I say Beast Boy, I mean Changeling. They both are the same guy. Garlo. All right. Let's hit that background. All right. Last time. Last time. Gotta do it into full effect this time, of course, as it's the last time. As a child, Gar was exposed to a disease 
but was saved by a special treatment. This special treatment granted him his green skin as well as his ability to transform into different animals. Um, if that's all you really need to know. I know it's really short. I don't feel like getting into it a lot deeper because it's, it's kind of complicated. So we're, we're just going to keep it at that. So get into his powers and abilities. Gar can transform to any animal, at times even mythical ones. However, the larger the creature, he, the larger the creature he becomes, the more tired he grows. We know this because Gar got injured by a death stroke, and the only way to save his life was taking him to Paradise Island, the mascara, the home of the Amazons, and they had to put him under this purple ray to heal heal him. Don't ask me what that is. If you want to know more, go to Comic Vine. The link is right where it says Changeling slash Beast Boy on the on slide twenty one. So yeah, but they go to Paradise Island. They give him. They hit him with the purple ray, and when he gets hit by the purple ray, he becomes like this giant. It's either after I think it's before that. Anyway, he gets hit by the. You know, he becomes like this giant like kraken or something, and then he's tired. It it, it tires him out. You know, it takes a lot of energy which i like they they honestly kind of like my hero academia where there's drawbacks to people's powers you know like endeavor if he uses too much heat he overheats with shoto if he, if he uses his left side too much you know his left side starts to shiver starts to pay the consequences as we saw during the the tournament or the um the ua festival we saw that when he was just using his right side there were some drawbacks of course with Midoriya when he uses one for all the way that he did initially you know using a hundred percent all the time his body had drawbacks even even Bakugo struggles with in the winter not being able to sweat because that's how his power works so I, I liked how at this time people had drawbacks nowadays that's not a thing okay I hear people gonna say oh kryptonite for Superman man that's a joke now that is a joke. Superman came back to life. After that, nothing could kill this guy. Anyway, and I think Kryptonite is overused. I think it's just a, if you want to talk about plot device, go go listen to the episode uh, last episode about Cyborg where I talked about plot devices. If you want to talk about plot device? Uh, Kryptonite, Doomsday, in Batman v Superman. Anyway, <laughs> let's get on to the character analysis. Gar. Is probably, uh, excuse me, my grammar in this is so off, I have to edit this. Gar probably has the most tragic story out of all the original members, as he is filled with the death, with the death of his loved ones. Gar's birthplace, ugh, I am so sorry, let's back up. Gar probably has the most tragic story out of all the original members, as he is filled with the death of his loved ones. Gar's birth parents died when he was a child, making him an orphan until he was adopted by Rita Farr, the Doom the Doom Patrol's Elastigirl, and her husband, Steve Mayton, Mento, who was also a member of the same team. So Gar's parents, I don't really remember a lot about them, because it's not really addressed in the in, in, in the original New Teen Titans run, so I didn't want to focus on it too much like his birth parents. But I just remember, I believe his dad was a terrible person. <laughs> I believe he was a terrible person. That's all. That's, that's the only takeaway you need. Except for he's a terrible person and that he saved his son's life because he was also like a, a scientist. Very much like 
cyborg stab maybe that's why they get along very much like get along so much and very well but that's all you really need to know about his parents his dad was a jerk he saved his life him and his wife who was gar's mom and dad died and then he was adopted by the two members of the doom patrol rita farr and steve dayton so if you watch doom patrol i don't know if mentos and doom patrol i've only watched the first couple episodes for season one but rita is elastic girl before you know elastic girl and incredibles was a thing and way before she was a thing she's like what in the 60s the doom patrol was created in the 60s yeah like 63 so yeah she's way ahead of the time but she's like 29 years old or whatever it doesn't matter but yeah they become his parents well guess what happens Let's go on to slide 22 and see what happens. Gar joined the Doom Patrol and grew close to its members. However, tragically... Oh, excuse me. However, tragedy struck again as they all died on a mission, except Mento, who went missing after the death of his wife. So, he finds this new team, and let me make it clear the members of the Doom Patrol, for those of you who haven't heard of them. There's Negative Man... Who's kind of like the Invisible Man because he's always wrapped up in uh, like gauze. So we have Negative Man, Robot Man, I know very original, Rita Farr, and the Chief. And the Chief is basically the Charles Xavier of the team. It is very clear that X-Men was inspired by Doom Patrol. That is a conversation for another day, but I'm almost certain that the people at Marvel ripped it off. I am almost certain, but conversation for another day. I've heard stories, and once again, conversation for another day. So, Mento, I mentioned last time, we were talking about, or excuse me, I was mentioning the Kid Flash episode, how they're kind of like reserve members. You know, members that are a part of the team, but aren't really obligated to stay with the team, or or aren't expected to be obligated to stay with the team full-time, and they make that clear. Uh, Mento was one of those, so he was like an on-again, off-again member, and which is how he fell in love with Rita Farr. By the way, Rita Farr was a gymnast. I believe she was she won an Olympic medal and was an actress. So once again, so I'm talking about back in the day, these characters were pretty impressive. So yeah, he was torn up when his wife died. And when I say all of them died, all of them died. Robot Man, Chief, Negative Man, and Elastigirl. All died. All died in their very last issue, what was supposed to be the last issue. They all died. Oh, and then Robot Man did come back in the new Teen Titans series, but he's a robot. You know, yes, his consciousness is in a robot head, but that's what I mean. It's in a robot head. You can come, you can move his head to another robot body, or you can move his brain and put it into another robot body, and he's fine. But these people who were human who have flesh and bone very much like us, they were gone. Dead, dead. I mean, obviously in comic books, they came back to life, but once again, conversation for another day. So Gar was completely alone once again, but something came out of his lonesome. Gar became a television star, using his green skin and shape-shifting abilities to his advantage. Fame instantly came with his success. Fame instantly came with his success, Make him possibly the most well-known Titan. So very much like his adoptive mother, Gar became an actor. He became a television star, and he 
purposely got let that get to his head because it was a way for him to escape. He would make a lot of jokes on the team, which I didn't really, well, I mentioned it here. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. But he makes a lot of jokes on the team, but it's because he's suppressing what he's feeling on the inside. He, <laughs> there's actually a picture I saw that somebody sent me is like, on the outside, I skirt, skirt, because on the inside, I hurt, hurt. Yeah, that's Gar. He makes all these jokes. He's in these things. He's like, oh, and he's so women-obsessed, like, really obsessed with women. There's actually a story where he, it's the Teen Titans and the Outsiders, which is another DC team that is led by Batman. Um, it's, the, it's the Teen Titans and the Outsiders, and Gar acts like he's unconscious. And there's a member called Halo who's nothing like how she is in Young Justice. She's white with blonde hair. Um, and he's on the floor acting like he's unconscious. Not how I say acting. He's on the floor unconscious. And then he said, psst. And she turns around. He's like, hey, you want to give me mouth to mouth? That's Gar. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. This is the last sentence. But I'll, I'll have to go deeper into Gar's character because there's some things I purposely left out and we'll get into that. So Gar joins the team at the request of Raven, of course making him the youngest member at the time, as well as the team's comic relief. I say at the time because later, Jason Todd was a reserve member. For those of you who don't know who Jason Todd is, he's the second Robin. And Jason was around, I'd say, 15, 14 when he was on the team, making him the youngest member of the new Teen Titans. Not the Teen Titans in general, but of the new Teen Titans. So, I'm almost certain... The people who are listening to this and are very aware of the show, they're like, Zoe, you're, you're missing a crucial part. You're missing a, a, a very big character when it comes to Beast Boy. You forgot to mention Tara. I didn't forget to mention her. I purposely left her out. And here's why. For those of you who don't know, for those of you who haven't seen the Teen Titans Judas Contract animated movie that is actually on hbo max for those of you not seen the second season of teen titans 2003 that came out in 2003 which is also on hbo max tara became a member of the teen titans tara was a girl who yes yeah, tara was a girl who had blonde hair and, and an outfit very reminiscent of her brother we find out that geoforce who's a hero on The Outsiders, by the way, is her brother. They're both from this fictional place called Markovia. She joins the team. She sees Beast Boy, and her and Beast Boy talk. They kind of get along um, to Terra standards. And T Beast Boy's like, hey, um, hey, uh, Dick, why don't we have Terra join the team? She's super powerful because her power is earthbending. Basically, she's like tough, but with no composure. <laughs> that's the best way I could put it. Toph from Avatar The Last Airbender, but with no composer. Uh, no composure. And Dick is very skeptical to bring her on the team because there's a lot of things that she says that don't make any sense. But eventually she becomes a member of the team. Actually, Wally vouches for her. Actually, he's mad when, 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 when... Dick and Donna go to get him to help Raven. He's mad that they didn't send him an invite to her funeral. To Tara's funeral. Oops, spoiler alert. We'll get into that. But, um, yeah, eventually she joins the team. It's actually the day that Wally leaves. That she is about to get kind of inducted as a new member. 
And sometime in between her first appearance and being inducted as a new member, you find out that Tara is a traitor. And she is on the side of Deathstroke. A.K.A. Slade Wilson, for those of you who watched the show, you would know him as Slade because they couldn't use the term Deathstroke because it was a kid show. And they couldn't, because at the time he was called Deathstroke the Terminator. Well, what movie came out around this time and like, before, before, like, what what movie came out after they used the term Deathstroke the Terminator? Terminator. So they stopped using the term Deathstroke the Terminator, so they couldn't use the Terminator. They couldn't use Deathstroke, so they just called him Slade in the show. But she betrayed the team. Well, the whole time she was a traitor. She was a spy. Very much like how we were talking about commie spies in um, Kid Flash episodes. Suggest you go listen to that after this one. But she was a spy. But Beast Boy didn't know that. And he was head over heels for this girl. I wouldn't say he was in love, but he was head over heels with this girl. He always wanted to hang out with her, always wanted to talk to her. Because she was the only person around his age, let alone a girl on the team that was around his age. So he was always talking to her, and she never paid him any mind. It's not like the show. She never paid him any mind. Okay? So... She's a traitor. She's about to hatch this plan with Deathstroke. And the only person that assumes anything is Raven. Why? Because she has her empathic abilities and can sense evilness. Very much like how Zatanna sensed an evil presence with her. She could sense evil. But Raven was dealing with her own feelings. So she wasn't know if the evil she was sensing was from her or from Tara. So she never really acted on it. But she was very vocal of, I don't trust this girl. Okay, eventually, Tara doesn't like that. She knocks out Raven, lickety-split. Alright, so when the team is all gathered up, Deathstroke shows up, and then they're like, how'd you do this? Then here walks out Tara. She shows up with her little cigarette. Yeah, she's smoking. She shows up with her little cigarette in her hand. It's like, what's up, guys? And they're all like, Tara, did he put you up to this? And she's like, no, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> She's like, I hate you people. Literally. I hate you people. I don't care about you guys. You suck. And that even goes to Beast Boy, who she kissed a day prior. She don't care about him. And this is revealed before, but I wanted to save it up until now. Tara and Slade Wilson... Grown man, Slade Joseph Wilson, were having an affair. Tara, 16-year-old, and Slade, a 50-plus, if not 60-year-old man, were sleeping together. So that makes everything a lot better. No, it doesn't. But this is why I don't mention Tara when I'm talking about Beast Boy. Because number one is a brief period in the Teen Titans history. It's a very important story, but it's a very brief. Because there was no such thing as a traitor on the team at this time. Like, if you think about the Avengers, a lot of the Avengers were bad guys, but none of them were, like, traitors. Until very recently, that's that's a new thing where everybody's a bad guy, and they turn around and flip and flip around, do a 180, like, oh, I'm a bad guy now. I'm possessed now, so I'm going to act cray-cray. So, at this time, especially in the 80s, this came out, I want to say, around 82, 83, this is a big deal. And once again, Tara's a very powerful female character. So, I refuse, I didn't mention... Beast, uh, Tara and Beast Boy in this 
because I, I, I think it just doesn't matter. She's not very crucial to him. She's not very important to him. Unlike in the show. Same thing with Raven. I mentioned Raven once in this. You know why? Because in the original series, Raven and Beast Boy do not have a relationship, nor is it implied that they have a uh, romantic relationship. It isn't until Jeff John's Teen Titans series that came after the show, came during, bef- uh, during and after the show, not before, but during and after the show. Um, that that's only the time. That's the only time where something is implied in comic book history of their relationship. All that comes from the show. Especially with him and Tara, all that's where they're going on dates and she trusts him and she tells him things. All of that is fabricated from the show. Not hating on the show for it. I think it was a very smart move because I think Tara's more sympathetic in the show than she is in the comic book. Like she's just she just sucks in the comic book. You know, she just don't care about being bad, about being uh, trying to stay away from mean words. She she doesn't care about being a jerk. And so when she kills herself, and the thing is, like, the team tries to cover up that she killed herself and say that she died in battle, which is why Wally was upset. But in all actuality, she was a villain. She was a bad guy that slept in their house and plotted to kill them. So you can understand why I don't want to add all this trauma and pain to to Gar's already trauma and pain-filled origin. You know, a lot of this is, is not mentioned anywhere else that... You know, that he's lost his family, both of his families, his his birth family, his adoptive family. You know, Robot Man was like an uncle to him. The chief was like a father figure to him, you know. Like, let's say a grandfather figure to him. Mento was a father figure to him. And then he went off his rocker. And, of course, Rita Farr, who's very important, who, who Gara held near and dear to his heart, his mother. He doesn't acknowledge his birth mother as his mother. His mother dies as well it's really sad and sadly they don't do a lot of character development with with gar but i highly suggest if you want to see some of that that character development go to the link that is where the first slide on slide 21 of the beast boy slides uh click on the click on changeling slash beast boy because it's underlined they'll send you to a link it'll send you to comic vine you can learn more information about his character but if you don't feel like doing that hey i highly suggest you watch the teen titans 2003 show because that's basically all the beast boy you need or read the teen titans uh uh, uh, jeff john's run so to wrap this up i just want to talk about quick important storylines i have only three on here so we're gonna go through them real quick i gave you a little summary about them so the first main storyline is the arrival of triangle and the terrible that's issues one through six. I just said the new Teen Titans must prevent Trigon from corrupting the Earth with his monstrous power. The next main storyline is Enter Tamran. And they're not really called these except for the Judas Contract. I just tried to name them the best I could. This is issue 23 to the very first annual of New Teen Titans. The Teen Titans are taken into space to rescue Starfire from the evil Wrath from her sister Blackfire. It's when Blackfire shows back up and tries to put her sister back into slavery all over again. Of course, you know she was not feeling that. The next one is Return of Brother Blood. And if you know anything about Brother Blood or don't know anything about Brother Blood, he was in Arrow, season two of Arrow. And now with the 
fourth season of Titans, he is one of the main villains. So that's issue 40 through 41. Titans villain, Brother Blood, but with a new member of his cult, Dick Grayson, who was brainwashed at this time. Now this is the most infamous, infamous story, which I just talked about. The Judas Contract, which is issue 42 to annual 43, the third annual of the New Teen Titans. After Terra joined the team, she and Deathstroke worked together to destroy them from the inside out. If you don't want to read that, highly suggest you either watch the movie. I don't really like the movie just because I've read the comic book, but a lot of people won't be really mad about it. But I suggest you read the, the that you watch the movie, New Teen Titans of Judas Contract, and or watch the second season of Teen Titans 2003. And finally... The Return and Conquest of Trigon the Terrible. This takes place in Volume 2 with only five issues. Issue 1 through 5. And Trigon and Raven work side by side and ruling over all life on Earth. So the Titans must work together to free their friends as well as defeat her father once more. Or free their friend as well as defeat her father once more. So hey, that's all I have, man. These four weeks have been very interesting. I actually enjoy doing this because I'm, once again, I mentioned before, but I'm doing something that I'm really passionate about it. Not that I haven't been passionate about other things in my podcast, but I've always kind of stirred away from staying too, going too deep into comic books because I feel like some people aren't really interested or they'll be confused, not understanding the lingo, which is why I made this slide where this PowerPoint was 23 slides just 23 slides honestly and it's a lot of quick information easy to understand if you want to learn more information there's links everywhere usually they're underlined so yeah um i'm just gonna end this off talking about the new teen times what they've done for me honestly as a person um i know it sounds crazy that i feel and relate for fictional characters but i do you know the teen the new teen titans comforted me in a time of unpredictability and that was during COVID my dad was like hey I think you enjoy this we had a basement at the time and I go to the basement where it was just shelves of books and of course comic books and it was towards the left of the room or it was on the left shelf towards the left of the room yeah it was towards the left of the room you come down right off the stairs in that bookcase had the new Teen Titans on there, so I read the I read the first volume in about a day. Next day, I go downstairs. I enjoyed the first one so much. Next day, I go downstairs. I get the second volume. I read that in about a day and a half, and so it's just a repeated cycle of me going down there because we had nothing better to do. I was just reading, honestly, reading rereading some comic books, reading some books, learning some new things, you know learning new things about the virus and stuff like that. I couldn't even watch basketball because that got canceled real quick. That got shut down real quick. Um, so, yeah, just every day, every other day, if not every day, I go down there, I read something new. I would actually, like, do, like, little sneak peeks for myself. Like, ooh, what's going to happen? I just look through it a little bit, not try, like, to give myself a little tease to motivate myself to to um continue reading. But, yeah, I... I, I have love for each and every one of these characters. Uh, of course, the, the staff behind it, the team behind it. Rest in peace, George Perez. You will be missed. 
I would say he's the best comic book artist of all time. He's definitely my favorite comic book artist. And the fact that he contributed so much to DC Comics with his partner in crime, Marv Wolfman, the writer, the co-writer of this. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. And it's crazy that that guy, George Perez, was so busy. He was drawing Avengers at this time. He was on and off drawing Teen Titans because he didn't have enough time. He was Because he was actually drawing Crisis on Infinite Earths, which he drew all by himself. With, usually with Teen Titans, it would be a couple issues with George Perez. And then you have a, like a filler artist, a different artist. And then George Perez would come back again. And then especially around the time when Crisis on Infinite Earths was being written, he was gone. And of course, I mentioned before, he was working with Marvel. He was doing um, the the Avengers, you know, doing some artwork for the Avengers, doing even some script work for the Avengers. So, yeah, man, I would love for the Teen Titans to be portrayed accurately because, honestly, I watched the live action show as like a guilty pleasure because it's the Titans, you know, that's my people. I care, um, but it's not faithful at all. Um, like, Starfire doesn't even act like Starfire. Raven doesn't even act like Raven. The most accurate character, I would say, that is on that show is Dick Grayson and Jason Todd. I would say Dick Grayson and Jason Todd, but about that's it. <laughs> and it sucks, but that, that that's the truth. They don't even have Cyborg on the show. He's on Doom Patrol, which I like him on Doom Patrol from the episodes I watched. He's cool. He's like the team leader on there. I like that role. I would love to see... Cyborg from Doom Patrol crossover with Dick Grayson or the Titans because I would think that him and Dick would just clash all the time and that would be cool to see but no they deprive us from good storytelling but hey let me get off of my soapbox I just recorded three episodes in a row so my voice is getting a little hoarse so that means I gotta take a break <laughs> um if you enjoyed this episode of course share it to people you think will like it even others you think will who won't like it. I put a lot of time and effort into this. I would truly appreciate that. I will be back next week on the usual schedule. Every Wednesday. I post every Wednesday. So no more Fridays. Back to every Wednesdays, which is good for me. <laughs> but until then, I'll see you on Wednesday. Or you'll hear me Wednesday. But until then, peace.